Welcome to The Art of Growth. I'm Suzanne York. I'm Jim Zartman. And I'm Joel Hubbard. And we want to talk about this metaphor that I've used uh, with a client. It actually came up while I was having this client call, the difference between water and rock as it relates to our types. And uh, this call that I was having was fascinating to me because my client was describing herself as having to move around these people, like they're objects that she's trying to navigate her way through. And instantly I had the image of water. And then the opposite, of course, came to my mind right away, that of rock. And I said, so to me, it sounds like you feel like you're water rather than rock. And the look on her face told me that she was stunned at how that described her experience of life moment by moment, day by day. And that has become one that we frequently come back to where she's learning to be more rock at times where she feels like she needs to be more that way. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, that the water is that which feels like it has to move around people and other people are the objects and situations are the objects that are immovable and they're the ones who are adapting themselves all the time to fit into this world. Rocks are more the people that kind of move and push others out of the way and move and push people in the direction they feel like they should go in. So that's the two extremes. For a lot of us, we will identify more with water. Some will identify more with rock. And some, and I would say probably a lot of us, a mixture of both. And so, Suzanne, which one do you relate to, my friend? Oh, water, 100%. (laughs) 100%. And this metaphor has been pretty powerful for me as well. Because I just thought everybody was water. Um, And I just assumed everybody tried to make things easier for everyone else. And then I realized that to the degree to which I become water, and I see it all the time now that I have this story, this metaphor. And there are times when I'm trying to navigate around so many rocks that it's more like a dam. And I can't navigate anymore because Mm. there's too many people that I'm trying to make everything okay with. Mm-hmm. Too many rocks, I'm only so much water, and if my water goes in one direction, another rock will be, you know, it won't help the other rock, and so I can't figure out how to get my water to go in every direction. Mm. And it's exhausting. And so, mm. so yes, I would say water. <laughs> yeah. When has that worked for you really well? Well, there definitely are high sides to it. So, I do think I'm able to find solutions that help multiple people. And I'm okay with it. So it's not like I'm doing it and then I'm upset at the end. Although there are times where I become so much water that I've lost myself in this. And I have to check in and say, could I, should I be more rock-like at this time for my own benefit? Mm-hmm. Um, but the high side I do think is being able to come up with creative solutions for what seems like a challenging moment or bringing people together because I can find a way to help people relate to one another. And for me, I think making other people happy or making things easier for other people happy gives me joy as well. Again, until the extreme happens when the replenishment isn't there. So I would say the high sides are that creative solutioning and common ground building um, and just making things flow. No pun Mm. intended. Mm. Yeah. And what happens when you feel like you've adapted too much you've been too much like water well, then what do you the water goes off a cliff 
<laughs> and it becomes a waterfall. <laughs> but yeah, and it's funny because sometimes I can't see the cliff coming, the mm. water- waterfall that's going to ensue. But yes, if I've been too much water, then I get to a breaking point where I can't do it anymore. I don't want to mm. do it anymore. I'm resentful. I'm out of energy. And I hit the cliff and I'm not okay anymore. And so that's where a lot of my growth is right now is to see that cliff coming before, you know, well in advance so that I can either signal to myself or verbalize it to others that I'm coming up on this cliff. And obviously there's just a select few people that know my language, but it is this idea of recognizing when I am being too much water and holding back a little Mm. for my own sanity. Yeah. You've been using that with us even. Yeah. You know, where you said, I think I'm I'm going to say no and be a bit more rock-like in this decision. Yeah. Well, and then immediately I feel nothing but shame. Okay. Oh, interesting. So, oh, yes. so you'll feel shame if you over-adapt. Yes. But then if you actually take the stance that you know is the right one, you'll still feel shame. Well, whether or not I know it's the right one, I will become a rock because I never <laughs> yes. know, I, you know. But yes, okay. exactly. It's a shame if you do, shame if you don't moment. <sighs> I think there's a sweet spot. I think there's being enough water, but not too much and being enough, we call it strong flowing water without being a rock. But yeah, if I, if I become a rock and I say someone no, it reverberates for a couple of days. Really? Yeah. When you've been push too far and you feel like you've given so much and lots of type, particularly hard types will feel this. There comes a point where then it's like a definitive stop, like no more. And then it's and that's the cliff. Exactly. So I like that maybe it's a wall. Maybe I turn into the the wall instead of a maybe you freeze up and turn into an iceberg. Yeah. I'm good with that too. I like that analogy. (laughs) But yes, it becomes very either or. And I don't see it coming, which I think is fascinating. And then you're rock like, but it's not you at your best, it's but it's out of something character. To, it's out of character, so yeah. you feel some shame around that eventually. Yeah, and I think people yeah. are like, what's up with her? But um, yeah. because there's, well, there's a loss of a met, unmet need. By saying no, I'm, I'm not meeting my need of helping others. Mm. And I haven't yeah. yet turned it on helping myself. So I've got, that's my work to do is to mm. recognize I am one of those others, you know. Mm. And saying no to others means saying yes to myself. Mm. So that's, been a part of the work I've been doing. But also I have a fear of missing out. So if mm. I say no to something and then yeah. I'm like, wait, if I'm not a part of that, then yeah. then I could miss out. I could miss out on a new connection. I could miss out on performing because I've got a nice strong three wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, the water rock thing, I actually think it's useful among us because I can signal to you guys that I'm I'm struggling to know, should I be a rock? And you have been great in saying this is a moment you can be a rock if you want to be. Ultimately, it's my choice. Yeah. Mm. But there are times when I don't even see those moments where I could be a rock. Mm. Well, and that signal to us is very helpful because we can be reminded in that moment, all right, that's you recognizing in advance before you go off the cliff or before you turn into an iceberg that this is necessary for you to do. And of course, we always support that and say, yes. fantastic, do that. Yeah. Um but that's been helpful for us to hear it, for me to hear it anyways, for me yeah. to hear, oh, right, you're, okay, good. You're practicing yes. your own yep. sort of growth here. Here's so, my new yeah. tactic. and yeah. Because the the thing about being water is I can exhaust myself. And because I don't see that it's okay to be a rock in some moments, it's helpful for, for someone to tell me, this is that time when you could say no. Mm. Like mm. Sometimes I don't even see those moments where I could be saying no. And it sounds so 
like I feel ridiculous saying it out loud. You know, like, how could I not know I could say no? But I really struggle with even recognizing I'm in a moment where there's a possibility to be a rock. Yeah. Oh, that's an option? Yes. Yes. It's like waking up to, oh, I have another option. Yes. There's been a couple times where, like, I've brought up something and you've been like, no, no. And you will. You'll just stand your ground. (laughs) And so I'm wondering, like, is that because of a, a certain thing, like, in that area of your life that's clear? Or is it because you're comfortable with me that you, like, feel comfortable pushing back. Why are you able to do it there? It's when it's in my head and I can rationalize a right versus wrong. When it's heart-driven or people-driven, I have no ability to see a rock versus water moment. It's all water. But when I know this is the answer to that question because there's research behind it and it just is more of a analytical conversation. Field of expertise. Yeah. Mm. But do you leave your heart center for a moment then when you're in that world? Yeah, at that point, I'm probably in my head center. Maybe there's even a bit of my gut speaking out more than anything. That's what I was wondering. I'm curious. If you're (laughs) able to say no because it's rational, where's the heart? Because you're regularly tuning back into, but did I say something that may have... Oh, there are still moments where I'm like, (laughs) I told them no, and I hope they're not mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so so you'll still still get the the shame response. There's still the reverberation. Okay, the reverberation. But there's less processing of it because there's some clarity there for me where, you know, relationship things for me is just a continuum of gray or lots of different colors. But then that's so funny. Now I'm going to go home and think about this all night. When are things <laughs> black and white to me versus yeah. when are they full of gray? This might be color? a place of learning for you because— Oh, 100%. <laughs> because I think— Because we have observed—I have observed it too. Where you, you see will, me be a rock? Oh, yeah. You'll push back on something that one of us will say. You'll say, nope, nope, I disagree. I and think I always like we, it too. I was like, <laughs> it's great. It's Here like, she is, the it's rock. Like, wow, she just— I'm like, come on. Yeah, this is this is your growth part. I'm going to observe this now. I'm going to observe myself in action over the next week or two and report back in the staff meeting. Because that could be a place—that could be a new option. Yeah. Something you've already discovered that you're doing— but because your attention doesn't always go there, it tends yeah. to go more towards your heart in relationships, that as you observe that, you may come up with, oh, that's interesting. When I'm doing that, yeah. something else is going on within me, and maybe I can go there. Yeah. And this is what we teach clients, right? Where have you yeah. already hacked this? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Where have you actually already made growth in this area that you're forgetting about that you can apply right. actually yeah. to this new area? Yeah. Well, and two quick things, because it's going to make me think about this over the next couple of weeks. One is, I know I'm water when it comes to my time. And I know that as a two, that is, mm. we are very generous with our That's time. That's a good point, yeah. Huh. And so, like, I'm water when it comes to my own schedule. I will put myself out before I will put someone else out. Mm. And then when it comes to rock, I, I mean, I know I do it. I just, I can't even generalize the moments. Yeah. I really do think it is when there's just a objective versus subjective mm. right or wrong. Or like, there's not as much at stake. There's probably nothing relationship at stake for me. Yes, there'll be yeah. some journaling on this. You got to learn guys. more about that. And just the recognition that someone is water is very freeing to realize you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. I can't speak about the rock piece, so I'll you know ask one of you guys if you have a different experience to talk to that. You know, but saying to someone you don't have to be water right now. Yeah. Like it makes me want to melt. Mm. You know, the permission to stop trying to move around everyone else. Wow. So maybe those of us who observe that and are less water can say to somebody who we're observing, you have permission to be a rock in the space. Yes. And that could be helpful. Yeah. 
So, Jim. Water Jim, rock. which one are you? I, I'm I mean, I'm really having a hard time <laughs> so landing. It's hard to understand. I mean, so, so surprised that I relate more with rock. I'd say that most of my life, I probably would have related only to rock. <laughs> <laughs> As with those um, around you? <laughs> with, you know, in certain circumstances. There was other circumstances that, that wouldn't be the case. But yeah, generally speaking, I just feel like I have a good sense of boundary. Like this is a value of mine. At this point in my life, though, if someone challenges that, like, okay, like, I don't mind when other people are rock. So I think that's one thing about this nature. It's like, if someone else is equally as kind of stubborn there, they have an opinion, oh, okay, I feel like I have a clear sense of, like, this is where I am, but I feel like anything else just adds to it. It's just another piece of it. But I don't feel this, like, need to, like, flex around the world I would be interesting, like, the deeply held quotes that people put up on their wall by their different types. Mm. Um, but one of the, my favorite ones always has been, like, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable man makes the world adapt to him. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Mm. I'm like, as an eight, I wow. deeply feel that yeah. quote. That's, <laughs> like, a great, that's a great like, quote. I am, it's that's a, a great, great quote for an eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I deeply that progress depends on the unreasonableness, that you make the world adapt to you, that I can make the world into whatever I want. There's a creative act in that. But the problem is sometimes you smash through walls. And I have less of that rockness now because I don't want to smash through walls. I talk to uh, eights all the time, especially in coaching, where I this picture I experienced at one point where I saw myself like charging up the hill and this little voice inside me go look around and I turn around, look behind me and there's just like bodies strewn everywhere, Mm -hmm. like people laying and cut on the ground and just being like, I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to be someone that so charges up. So it gave me a little bit of a complex. Rock is my default setting. It's my default internal mechanism. I never mind it being my starting point, but I don't, trust it to the same level. So you're not as attached to it. I'm not as attached to my rockness. No, for sure. Because I love making space for others. But I think, like, not to go down that route, but I think that's also a little bit of that social instinct as the eight. Because I do want to include other people. And I love when people push back on me. Like, when you push back on me, I'm always just like, you go, girl. (laughs) And what's fascinating is I do it more with you guys than I have on other teams. And Mm. so... Part of the reason is because we're each doing our individual work. So when we show up, we can allow for that growth Mm -hmm. in each other. And the common language we've started to really curate among Mm -hmm. ourselves, that it's really unique. And for our listeners, it's not like because we're doing this podcast and we're talking about the art of growth and when you meet with us as a client, it's us coaching. This isn't the world that we do when we're together. We're not like oh, let's just coach each other. And we're <laughs> no, no. we're doing no, no. work. There's like a lot of There's business so stuff. And, yeah. and so we're doing this work. So for those of you who are in companies and we value the language, and this is what we're trying to bring more and more to the culture, is if you have a common language like you were just describing, it facilitates conversation. It facilitates actually us getting through the difficulties that we have to deal with and the challenges in a way that moves it forward and doesn't grind to a halt because we're having miscommunication, because we're not understanding ourselves and what's happening. Yeah, but I think it's good if people can say to each other in a certain thing, like, you just build a dam. 
Like, I'm yeah. trying to be adaptable, but you've just given me no capacity. You just yeah. threw up a rock wall. And I don't want to do that now, but I still think that a lot of people out there relate to this thing of it's just like, well, this is the way it should be. And I mean, a lot of my life is you need to prove me otherwise. And I think one of the things that I've noticed for a lot of people who have more of a rock setting, you bring them anything and the immediate reaction is resistance. Yeah. But if you push back on that resistance, then give them a little time to think about it, they'll actually kind of come back around and that resistance will be lowered. And it's not that I can't make space for other people, but the initial reaction is my boundary. That's the starting point, Mm -hmm. whereas your initial reaction might be adaptation. Mm -hmm. So I think some people, the initial reaction is boundaried, and they have to learn to be more adaptive. And some people, the initial thing is is, no boundaries. boundaries. (laughs) Adaptation, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I mean, I learned early on in my marriage with my husband that he was going to say no to an idea first. And then a week or two later, he'd come back and he would have processed it and understanding that about him, I learned to plant a seed and not need it to start blooming until, you know, a couple of weeks later. So mm. I think it is really helpful on teams, in marriages, in any relationship to know these tendencies about each other because then we don't have to take them personally as a, as a heart type or get offended as, a you know, other types. So And we say to a lot of our clients, Start where you are. You can't change the energy of your type. You can't go from being water to rock tomorrow, nor do you want to, by the way, because then you lose the high side and the power of the water or the power of rock. So start where you are, but recognize it's not the only place. It's not the ending place. Just because you start there doesn't mean you have to end there. You can move towards something else. And that's based on what you discern is the right next move. Like you may decide, I'm going to stay water right now. I think this is good. Or, no, I think I need to harden up or soften up. That's a really great way to think about it. If you are being deliberate in your choice about being water or rock and recognize that that's what's happening, that's okay. Because you're right. There are times where I recognize I'm being water and I'm perfectly fine Mm. being water. The work is to then recognize when I'm about to not be perfectly fine with it and then be rock and then be perfectly fine with being rock. Yeah. Well, because then that's the other challenge is like— Yes, sometimes I'm water and I'm perfectly fine with it, but then I choose to be rock because I know it's the right thing, but I'm not fine with it. This is the funny thing. We always say, you always know when you're doing it right because you're completely dissatisfied. Yeah. And that's the experience. It, either dissatisfied or you're, you know, say you're it feeling again, shame or, or whatever. You need to rewind that. Somebody might need to hear that and say, <laughs> say it again. You know you're doing it right when you're completely dissatisfied. <laughs> I know. That is when your type is not getting... <laughs> Getting its, it's itch feed scratched. Yeah. We say the mosquito bite. We the always say that. Yeah. Bite, you're not yes. scratching the mosquito bite. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Now I wanted about Joel. Yes. Rock, but there's this water. thing that came to mind as we're saying that. Like we live in New England. Yeah. And one of the things that makes New England so beautiful is these massive like rocks and rock formations mm. that are right at the edge of the ocean. And I think one of the most beautiful images that I ever witness is sort of seeing the ocean move in between the rocks as the wave comes in and it crashes over it. And over time, those waves have even shaped that rock and smoothed its edges. And the dance that we get to see as the ocean meets the rock is this beautiful place. And I think what you're going towards, some of you need to put that image like of a New England ocean meets the rock like on the background of your computer so that you actually have this little reminder of like 
this dance between these two, it actually creates one of the most beautiful things that I feel like I get to witness. But yeah, we haven't gotten to Joel. Mm. More rock, more water. Yeah, so I at? think I am that image. And thank you. I think I'm the embodiment <laughs> of that image. Oh, boy. <laughs> Practically perfect in every way. Again. Absolutely, because yes. I embody yeah. both, the oh, rock and the God. water. I wish I could say it was intentional. I have other words for so. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, and it would be beautiful. Yeah. Um, Got some rock words for you. Oh, man. So... Yeah, I wish I could say it was beautiful because it is based on reaction. So mm. when I'm rock, which I'm both, and I think that there's a few of us probably on the Enneagram circle who can feel both at any given time. Mm. So there are times where we will go rock and just be like, nope, that's it. You know, this is the direction I'm going. And other times we feel like we're adapting. But it's driven a lot by reactivity as opposed to recognition that this is a decision I'm making that makes sense. So I see both in me. There are times where I feel like, oh, I know what I want and I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to do what I want. And other times where I'm more in this would be more true to the particular type that I am as a seven, where I'm a bit more stealthy in the way I go about it. So it's a bit more like water in moving towards some of my desires. So I think my desires are rock to my mind. I know what I think. I know what I want. But how I go about it may be more like water at times. I would wonder if that's true for other head types, but I have observed that in a lot of types that I coach is that there's a mix of both. If you're not on the extreme ends of that, which again, eights tend more towards rock, twos tend more towards water, three tends more towards water as well. But there's a lot of us that are kind of can do a little bit of both. And so for me, I've really had to tune into that and recognize where I'm not being rock is the times I'm not being truthful. So I've been practicing that a lot, being truthful. Like, no, don't manage your words to try to get a particular desired result from this. Say what you think, say what you feel. And that has been me tuning in more to the feeler because I'm not in the feeler, I'm in the thinker. So I'm having to tune in to the feeler to understand what is it that I feel that's not coming through right now and then say it. And then when I do that, I do feel like that's me putting myself as rock because now you have to deal with me the way I am. Otherwise, I can be like even wind where you might go and try to reach for what I've just said, but mine is in the rational space, so it can shape and adapt depending upon what resistance I am met with. Now, some of you, you know instantly what I'm talking about. The others of you, you'd be like, I have no clue what you just said, but that's because it's type-based and it's based on how some of us move through the world. And so I've had to do some shifting in those areas where it's, no, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to let people be able to hit this thing and deny me or argue against it or say that I shouldn't do this or this is a bad idea. To just be able to do that and leave it there has been a growth edge for me. So that's where I've seen more rock have to emerge in places where I think I've been more like water. Yeah, that resonates for me in terms of being a self-forgetting type that... I think I'm more like water often because I haven't tuned into myself enough to be a rock. Mm. You know, in threes too, knowing that adapting so that you can get the outcome you want or to get people to align with you. So I can see where you're coming from on that. So that was kind of the theoretical. I want to bring it into the practical and then have you speak to this. Because when I first met you, you were in a context where a lot of people were criticizing you. Mm -hmm. And they were setting up meetings in which to criticize you. 
and you were taking all of those meetings and then (laughs) trying to convince them or navigate within the context of them actually sitting down. Yes. So there is sort of both of those functions were kind of shifting back and forth, but you would always take the conversation. Oh, yeah. In that sense, it's the adaptability, you know, where I will say, fine, well, let's meet, let's do this. If you want to have a meeting, if you want to say whatever you want to say, I give you permission. But, and I can so see this as clear as day now. I was such a place of, I will never let you know that you impact me. Mm. I will never allow you to know that. That's the protection. Mm. So it's total like defiance, shutting down, control. I will not let you have any emotional impact in me. So you can say whatever you want and I will just take it. I will just look at you and try to shape and redirect your thoughts a little bit. I'll try to manipulate you to believe a different thing. Yeah. But if you don't, in the end, I will never let you know that you impacted me. Uh And that's what was going on there. So again, it's a mixture of I know what I think about this and I know what I feel about this, but there's also... I'm going to try to convince you otherwise. There's also the need to have people. I think I I want yeah. people to like me. I want people to love me. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to leave my world. That yeah. feels horrible. Yeah. So if I can keep them by shaping and bending and moving like water, but still trying to get my stuff across. So I feel like I'm not just pure water. I feel like I'm a... I'm water with a mixture of a whole lot of other things mm. to try to navigate because I'm bringing stuff with me. It's not like, a, mm. oh, how do I adapt around your wishes? No, no, no. I'm going to adapt myself. But in the end, I'm trying to get you to do what I think and want. So the so. word that comes up for me that I mean in a positive, not negative, it sounds very strategic. You know, that you know the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And you can be deliberate in how you go about doing it. In some cases, it means coming across as water. In others, it means standing your ground. Does that match I think when it's at its best, it does that. Okay, got it. There's other times where it's not so much. Yeah. Because they can both serve as mechanisms to protect us from rejection. Sure. So one of them is like I have to be adaptable so I'm not rejected from this person, from this job, from this opportunity, from whatever. Yeah, from other people's favor, Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes the boundary thing is like, I'm going to make sure that I'm setting the terms of this rejection. Yeah. So, I mean, I was literally just typing an eight last week where he was saying, you know, when I when I met my first my wife, I laid it all on the line because I was going to be completely vulnerable and just to see what she would do with it. I was like, is that vulnerability or were you just throwing it out to see how she would respond, but your guard was still totally up? Yeah. And he goes, mm, I actually had... I felt nothing when I did that. It was all just to see kind of how she would respond so I would know whether or not I could then let you in. Yeah. Yeah. And that made total sense to me. I was like, because all of these are kind of like survival strategies. We've talked about all of our types and all of our mechanisms. They're kind of like, how do I navigate things so they're okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I just know, like, if I keep this really barrier up and you can't get in, then I'm safe. Yeah. And then you don't get to have say and break into my world. So that's why I'm a rock, because I'm protecting something. Mm-hmm. But at what cost? Because something that I've really deeply realized in myself is that the rock is a very powerful image. And that is 
the eight's obsession with like kind of being in a powerful position. But I've found that my authority comes in my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, 1960s, the police had the power, MLK had the authority. And in the end, which one was sustainable and had the bigger impact? Yeah. It's always the one with the the authority. And that comes in kind of allowing that defense mechanism to break down and be like, I don't have to be like, hold on to this rock at mm. this moment. Mm. It never s- doesn't feel scary. Just like, you know, you may question yourself and feel the reverberation. Right. When I decide not to be rock, I'll just be like, man, should I, was that okay? Am I going to get, am I going to get crushed now? Because I just. Because you turned into water. Yes. Because yeah, well. I didn't hold this barrier up. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we feel that. Like there's a story yeah. we are telling ourselves that if I react in this way, something bad will happen. Yes. If I'm not yes. water, if I don't adapt to the situation, am I going to cause disconnection, lose the client, whatever the yeah. case may be? And I'm just like, if I give in, am I going to get hurt because I put myself at risk? Those can simultaneously exist. Yeah. That's where the discernment comes in because – if we actually just take a moment, any one of us know, am I being more like rock or water right now? And we could answer that. I think I'm being more rock. I think I'm being resistant. I think I'm being stubborn. Or I think I'm coming across too strong to protect myself. Or am I being too much water? I think all of us can discern that if we stop and just take a moment to think about that. Like, what's right. happening here for me? What am I trying to protect? What am I trying to do? And then how do I want to be in this moment? And if I were to be more rock-like, what would be the results of that, you know? And it's always to look at it with not how do I feel, because as you were describing, the feeling in the moment doesn't feel good. Right. It's always dissatisfying to our type. It's always terrifying to our type. It's always unsettling, discomforting to our type. Just when we look at the results of that, what do I hope comes from my having been this way? I think on the other side of that, many times we have discovered, wow, this is this was so much better. This had yeah. such better result to it. The thing I feared actually didn't take place or wasn't nearly as bad as I expected. I feel better. I just feel more like me. I feel I don't have any residual with this decision I made. I think so many decisions we make have residual with it. It's like I made this decision, I did this, but then there's this thing on the side of it, this ick, this shame, you know. I just, I did something I'm not sure was right, you know. I think it's a great model, it's a helpful model to us to continue working through for the rest of our growth. I appreciate this conversation with you guys and I hope this has been helpful. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. I'm excited for everyone to hear the episode that's coming out next week about the purpose trap, this message that you have to find your one purpose. And it was a very fun topic to dig into. If you're new to our podcast or the Enneagram and you do not know yet your Enneagram type, the best way to find out is to schedule a discovery session with either Joel or myself, which is a 90-minute session where we go through and really nail down what your Enneagram type is, as well as giving you your coaching first steps 
Another great way is to take our free test, which is at theartofgrowth.org. And that is also the best place to contact us for coaching or to contact us about doing some consulting and training within your organization. Because when people on teams can communicate better, life is better. Well, we very much hope you are taking very good care of yourself in this season. There's a lot going on in the world, and it is time to lean into even more grace for yourself and for each other. We need it now more than ever. This work is more important now than ever. So this week, may you deeply tune in to the inner discernment, wisdom, that inner knower that knows when to be water and when to be rock when to stand firm, and when to bend and flow with the world around you, when to be boundaried, and when to be invitationally permeable in a safe way. Whatever your default is, may we expand into these other options available to us so that we can better navigate our world with respect for ourselves and for those around us. Have a great week. <laughs>